This is Freeman Gosden talking to you in the voice of Amos. How you do? This is Charlie Carell speaking in the voice of Andy, because these are the voices that you would most likely recognize. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll celebrate the birthdays of Francis Craig and the state of California, we'll take a chariot ride, and hop aboard the Express. Last week, September 10th, marked the birth in 1900 in Dixon, Tennessee, of Francis Jackson Craig, the ninth of ten children born to Robert James Craig, a Methodist minister, and Fanny Hewitt Frost. He enrolled at Vanderbilt University as a legacy student, studying mathematics and political science. And as a talented pianist, in order to help pay his college expenses, formed a dance band called the Vanderbilt Jazz Band, which made its debut at a Sigma Nu fraternity dance. One story goes that the chancellor told Craig he would have to disband the group, change the name of the band, or leave the university. He chose the latter, too, changing the name to the Francis Craig Orchestra and dropping out of Vanderbilt. The Francis Craig Orchestra played at dances, parties, and proms, and on October 20, 1924, Craig married Elizabeth Gerwin, whom he had met while performing in Birmingham, Alabama, and they had two daughters, Celeste and Donia. In 1923, the band landed a two-week engagement at the Hermitage Hotel in downtown Nashville, which wound up lasting until the late 1940s. The band was heard over WSM in Nashville off and on from 1926 to the late 40s, and during that time, Craig hosted the show's Sunday Down South and featured by Francis Craig and served as musical director of the station. The band also toured extensively, recorded a few sides, and their theme song was Red Rose. Several other entertainers got their start with the Craig Orchestra, James Melton, Dinah Shore, and Phil Harris, plus several others. Vanderbilt University's fight song is Dynamite, subtitled When Vandy Starts to Fight, words and music by Francis Craig. Depending on the source, it was written while Craig was a student at Vanderbilt in 1938 or in 1941. In 1947, upon his retirement, Craig recorded Red Rose on the Bullet label, backed by his new tune, Near You. It was recorded in WSM's Studio C and became the first pop hit recorded in Nashville. In 1951, Craig was sued by Selena Jones, composer of Just an Old-Fashioned Mother and Dad, complaining infringement by Near You, but the suit was unsuccessful. The song was recorded by George Jones and Tammy Wynette in 1977 and became a number one country hit. I could find no other reference to just an old-fashioned mother and dad. Francis Craig died November 19, 1966 in Sewanee, Tennessee. Here are three from Francis Craig and his orchestra. 
The Francis Craig Orchestra in Atlanta, Georgia, September 29, 1925, with Steady Roll Blues, written by J. Bernie Barber, and issued on Columbia 567-D. Before that, Francis Craig's own composition and the band's theme song, Red Rose. The vocalist on Columbia 1544-D, made in New York on April 16, 1928, was Billy Scott. We started our little tribute to Francis Craig with the flip side of Red Rose, Coon Tale, written by J.B. Smith. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. A couple of weeks ago, I played Somebody and Me by Charles Carell and Freeman Gosden. They're straight commercial recordings, that is, duets sung in their normal voices and not as the characters Amos and Andy or Sam and Henry, are just delightful. So here are a couple more of them. Thus is Lois, can't you see? I am bubbling over with glee. Start the music hastily with the Hooray, 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 hooray. I'm in love again. Not with Barry Pickford. And not with Gloria Swanson. It couldn't be B.B. Daniels. Nor Priscilla Dean. It couldn't be May Marie. I'll tell you who I mean. If you see eyes big and round, one is black and one is brown. Yes, that's my Elsie Shulson. If she's tripping down the street and you notice two left feet, yes, that's my Elsie Shulson. Whoa, 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 whoa. She works for a doctor and she makes money quick. She stands right outside the door to make people sick. Pearly teeth are in her mouth. One point north and one point south. I mean, my Elsie Shulson. Hi. Her shape is a total loss Ten pounds less than any horse I mean, my Elsie Shilson I can't put my arms around There's too much to go around I mean, my Elsie Shilson She's got more relations than a nation, no doubt It looks like a picnic when her family goes out I'm her little sweetheart, Gus. He's my hippopotamus. I mean, my Elsie Shilson High. A, all the hours we spent together. The hours we spent as B, is for the mogging on her home. It's really very touching. C, is for the moonlight and the water. Just a little drink. I need it. He is for my old Kentucky home. Mammy! He is for the diamond on her finger. The diamond on her finger. Who can tell someday it may be mine? It may be mine. Put them all together, they spell hell. I mean, my Elsie Shilson Hines. Hey, hey. Every time she laughs and grins, she shakes seven double chins. Say, I mean, my Elsie Shilson Hines. Hey, hey. She tried plastic surgery, but it made her worse, you see. She I mean, my Elsie Shilson Oi, oi, oi. She had her nose done over, they just popped it, you see. You should see it. Now she looks so very sweet and gentile to me. Could you be it? Though she has a funny name, still I love her just the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, my Elsie Shilson Hines.
baby stare. Oh, Look at that curly hair. Holy beautiful thing, you certainly bring me joy. Look at that baby smile. Look at that baby style. Marvelous, that's not it. Not a bit of it. Wonderful, doesn't fit. I call you gorgeous. And anybody that knows would say you're gorgeous. From your head to your toes, little toes, and as a kid of ten, you were a wow. You work pretty then, but look at you now, oh honey, you're simply gorgeous. Just like a beautiful rose, you won my heart and made me fall into your arms. I bought a gorgeous little ring.
And then she told me, nobody could hold me, it won't be long, no sir. get to play and share records like that. Charles Carell and Freeman Gosden with No Wonder I'm Happy from Victor 20908, made in Chicago on July 6, 1927. Benny Davis wrote the lyrics to the tune by Harry Axt. Before that, from the same session and also written by Davis and Axt, Gorgeous from Victor 20826. We started the set with Elsie Schultzenheim, recorded in the Webster Hotel, Chicago, on September 29, 1926, issued on Victor 20255. I don't know where Abner Silver and Cliff Friend got the inspiration for Elsie Schultzenheim, and I spent more time than I should have trying to find out. If anyone out there knows anything about the original Elsie Schultzenheim, please let me know. Those records would be pretty dull without the piano accompaniment of Delos Owen, better known as Dell. Not just a studio pianist, he was a prominent radio entertainer and musical comedy writer and composer of On a Side Street Side by Side, You Have Lots of Time to Read on Sunday, and The Garden of Dreams. I'm working on getting Mr. Owen his own well-deserved segment. Answer... 4 feet, 8 and 1 half inches. Question? What is the distance between the rails measuring from the inside faces of the railhead of the U.S. Standard Gauge Railway? There's a post making the rounds of social media tracing that width back to the wheel spacing of ancient Roman war chariots, or to the width needed to fit a cart horse in between the shafts of horse-drawn vehicles, those posts usually ending in a joke about a horse's ass. We'll never know the real origin of standard gauge rail, and although it's the most widely used gauge around the world, it accounts for only 55% of the world's railroad track. But for this segment, we'll go along with the Roman chariot myth, if only to have a reason to play this set of rapidly rotating records about chariots. Don't worry, Swing Low isn't among them. Thank you. 
Golden Echo Quartet of Station WSM, Nashville, Tennessee, with good news, the chariot's coming. That's right, the same station WSM whence Francis Craig broadcast and recorded his theme song, Red Rose, which you heard in the first segment, and sharing the same time period. That's one of four issued sides recorded by Columbia in New York on April 1, 1927. This one, catalog number 14228. The Golden Echo Quartet consisted of William Gillespie, Eugene Hall, G.R. O'Grady, and Sam Thomas. William Gillespie sang and recorded with the Jubilee Singers in Los Angeles in 1940 and appears uncredited in the 1941 Warner Brothers picture Blues in the Night as a jail prisoner and sings the title song in a solo a cappella performance. Before the Golden Echo Quartet was Duke Ellington and his orchestra recording as the Harlem Footwarmers on October 30, 1930, with his composition and his arrangement of Sweet Chariot on OK 8840. This past year, we featured a couple of virtuoso whistlers, and we started this chariot segment with another, Joe Belmont, whistling the Ben-Hur Chariot Race March, written by Edward Taylor Paul. 
He recorded it around 1902 for Columbia, but this record was made a few years later, around 1906 or 07, on the two-word Clear Tone label, number 3134. Clear Tone records were manufactured by Columbia and the International Record Company for the Clear Tone Record Company, which had locations in New York, Chicago, St. Louis, and Minneapolis. A different one-word Clear Tone record company existed in New York from 1920 to 1922, whose initial releases were simply Pathé Actuel pressings with Clear Tone labels pasted over the originals. Joe Belmont's name has been uttered only once before in the show, back in 2002, when I mentioned that he was the baritone member of the Columbia Quartet in the 1890s. Joe Belmont was born July 22, 1876, but I don't think I want to wait until next summer for his birthday to roll around, so he may be getting his own segment in a few weeks. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. Last week, September 9th, in 1850, California became the 31st of the United States of America. The capital of California is Sacramento, but the first capital was in San Jose. It was moved two more times to Vallejo and Benicia before 1854. California is the avocado and almond capital of the world and has the largest and smallest counties in the U.S., California was initially named the Grizzly Bear State, hence the bear on the state flag, but the bears were hunted for sport, leading to their extinction more than a century ago of Ursus Arctos Californicus. So now we're the Golden State. We do have the most number of national parks of any state. We have over 100,000 earthquakes every year. The California State Railroad Museum is the largest railroad museum in North America, and in addition to many others, the state inspired the following three songs.
can hardly wait till I reach the Golden Gate and gaze upon that old Pacific blue. Where we watch the seals that play on San Francisco Bay and flowers grow like rainbows too. Open up your arms, California, for I am coming back to you. Come all girls, pay attention to my boys. Don't you fall in love with the Kansas boys. For if you do your portion, it will be whole cake, hominy, and sarsaparilla tea. They'll take you out on the jet black hill, and they'll take you there much against your will. Leave you there to perish on the plains, for that is the way with the Kansas rain. On the road to California, it was a hard and a tedious journey. Far across the Rocky Mountains, crystal streams and flowing fountains. When they go to meeting, the clothes that they wear is an old brown coat, all picked and bare. An old white hat, more rim than crown, and a pair of cotton socks that they wore the week around. Some live in a cabin with a huge log wall and an area window in it at all. A sandstone chimney and a punchboard floor, a clap roof board and a buttonhole door. On the road to California, it was a hard and a tedious journey. Far across the Rocky Mountains, crystal streams and flowing fountains. 
When they go to milk, they milk in a gourd and they heave it in a corner and they cover it with a board. Some get plenty and some get none. Well, that is the way with the Kansas run. When they go a-fishing, they take along a worm and they put it on a hook just to see it squirm. The first thing they say when they get a bite is I caught a fish as big as Johnny White. On the road to California, it was a hard and a tedious journey. Far across the Rocky Mountains, crystal streams and flowing fountains. When they go a courting, they take along a chair, and the first thing they say, has your daddy killed a bear? The second thing they say when they sit right down is, Madam, your Johnny Cake is baking brown. On the road to California, it was a hard and a tedious journey. Far across the Rocky Mountains, crystal streams and flowing fountains. Len Nash and his country boys, the country boys being Hugh Farr on fiddle and Carl Farr, Carl with a K, on guitar, with On the Road to California, written by Len Nash and recorded by Brunswick as a test recording sometime around April of 1929 in Los Angeles. It was, however, issued on both Brunswick 354 and Supertone S2069. The trio made 11 sides for Brunswick in three sessions, but only six were issued. Len Nash and his country boys make an appearance in the 1930 Ken Maynard film Mountain Justice. This was Maynard's first all-talking picture, and he became one of Hollywood's biggest Western stars. But in Mountain Justice, he doesn't play a cowboy, and his horse Tarzan isn't in the cast. Before Len Nash, Ted White's Collegians, with Roy Silver providing the vocal, and asking, Open up your arms, California. That's from Oriole 1208, made March 13, 1928, and, of course, Ted White's Collegians is just a studio band, and I believe Roy Silver is really our old friend Irving Kaufman. Open Up Your Arms was written by Halsey K. Moore. Abe Lyman's California Ambassador Hotel Orchestra started off our California birthday celebration with California Blues from Brunswick 2530, recorded July 30, 1923, in Los Angeles. This California Blues was written by Alfred Evans and is not to be confused with the California Blueses composed by Jimmy Rogers, King Benny Nawahi, or Merle Haggard. If you live in the Northeast, I sincerely hope you weren't seriously affected by Hurricane Henri, the eighth named storm of the 2021 Atlantic hurricane season. Listeners that I heard from said they had never seen so much rain and several had relatively minor flooding, but no severe damage. For one listener, however, Henri brought to mind the Great New England Hurricane of 1938, the most destructive storm to strike the region in the 20th century. Back then, there was no satellite imagery, no Doppler radar, and no radio buoys to warn of the hurricane's approach, and media attention was focused on the Sudetenland crisis. 700 people were killed by the hurricane, 9,000 homes and buildings were destroyed, 
and 3,000 ships were sunk or wrecked. Total damage was $306 million, or, in today's dollars, $18 billion. Because of where it made landfall and the number of people killed there, the Great New England Hurricane of 1938 also became known as the Long Island Express. I certainly hope we don't have another Long Island Express, but for this final segment of the show, here are some other expresses. Thank you. 
For some reason, almost every tune with Express in the title has to do with trains. But not that one. The Keyboard Express, played there by Clarence Williams' Jazz Kings on August 1, 1928, on Columbia 14348. The Keyboard Express was written by Mike Jackson, whose name you've not heard on the show before, but he'll be getting his own birthday segment on Boxing Day. Before the Jazz Kings, Duke Ellington and his orchestra, December 4th, 1933, with a nice musical choo-choo train intro, to Daybreak Express, from a December 4th, 1933 session in the Merchandise Mart in Chicago. This was take one, and I don't know what time the session started, but it went long, with take two recorded in the wee hours of December 5th. I love Ben Burney's version of the Sleepy Town Express, but I haven't played Frank Luther's rendition, so he started off this Express segment, accompanied by Victor Arden and Phil Oman and their orchestra, from Victor 22619, January 22, 1931. The Sleepy Town Express was written by Haven Gillespie, who wrote the words to Santa Claus is Coming to Town. <laughs> I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs> ¶¶ 